0: Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Brianna. Hi, Rob. So I asked Josh, you know, your co-host on the show, what would you say defines you? Because I feel like you're going to have a very strong answer compared to when I ask people that question a lot of times, I always get this basic template.
1: So when you say defines me as a person or defines our show?
0: What defines you?
1: Um i would say my honesty and um my truth i guess
0: yeah the answer i was hoping that you would have which you did was not talking about your job because how many people define themselves by the things that they do that pays the bills rather than the things that they want to do you know passion a dream or people say my kids you know, even if that's something somebody wants to hear out there, but everyone always says, well, I, I don't want to talk about my day job. I'm like, well, I, I don't want to talk about it either. I'm not asking that. I'm asking, what do you, what do you want to do? What defines you? What this whole thing is? And it goes into, you know, always the job.
1: Well, I have to say it probably helps. I don't have a job right now, so <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't going to be my answer. Um, but I don't think it, if I was working full time, that would have ever been my answer either. So
0: No. Well, I mean, even with like doing the podcast, like job lows and all that with Josh, like I was talking to him, you know, there are so much, there's so much like, especially with COVID, um, with the pandemic, with things shutting down, it was like, you realize like, it helped people open up to something they might have been neglecting for a very long time. Like, I mean, I've, every job I had, these aren't jobs. I wanted, like, I don't see myself working at a gym for the next 50 at least. I hope not. That might be the dream. Cause I'm a fitness freak, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to be front desk guy. I don't know what I want to do. And that's like the biggest question trying to look inside of yourself to be able to find is what do you want to do? What makes you happy?
1: Right. And um, in our recent episode, since we came back, one of the um, questions that we ask is, you know, COVID, people lose their sense of taste and smell, um, but we've also lost other senses uh, in the last year, or we've gained them. And um, so we've gotten a lot of interesting a- answers from well, fashion sense, which is the obvious choice, but then some people said perspective or sense of time. Common uh, sense.
0: Oh, my goodness. I've drove... <laughs> literally and seen just people not look both ways, just walk right out in the middle of the street where I've had to slam on my brakes. I cracked a joke a while ago saying people are complaining about masks, but they've been wearing a mask their whole life. Nobody wants to show who they truly are. They want to put on this visage or this type of like fake act or something, just because that's what people want to see. or That's what they think people want to see. I'm like, be yourself, man. It's so simple.
1: But I see, but I also think that in a lot of ways, people have taken the mask off and we've seen a lot of really bad behavior that you know, was hidden before. I mean, I, just as basic as wearing a mask to protect other people, and we've seen that. You know, people they're selfish, wanting to lead their lives as normal as possible, and not considering fellow human beings that refusing to wear masks. It, it's a pretty simple thing
0: maybe it's suppression on somebody miserable with their own life. They have to take it out on somebody else. It's, um, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about a lot about like, it turns out depression can also be linked to your nutrition too. Like if I was going to give you the example of offering 12 donuts to you, that sounds amazing. 12 crispy cream, glazed donuts, whatever. But then after you eat them, you feel like shit. And when you feel like, crap about yourself, you tend to reflect that onto somebody else or to deflect that some somewhere else. And a lot of times you come across a lot of people that are upset, they're upset about something going on in their life, they're upset about something. I know when I at my job, I'll come across older people that'll just be upset that they never did something there's a missed opportunity there. And I'm like, you're very, very tense. And all I asked was, Where's your past? That's it. But it's like this sense of like, There's deeper things down in there. So maybe people that are taking off this mask and showing them true selves that aren't the best is like, they're not freaking happy. I mean, the world in my eyes, at least seems to be a little bit hurting. And I know that sounds a little bit like crazy, but with social media, most of the times you're seeing people talk to people and there's arguments everywhere. And then there's people feeding off those arguments. I'm like, what are we doing? What is, get a coloring book. I just spent the whole day yesterday with my nephew, just coloring in a Scooby-Doo coloring book. I think
1: coloring is so therapeutic. I love, even in meetings when I was working in corporate America, People would look over at my notes and every, oh, anything I could color in, That's it's just my therapy. I, it's always been my therapy. But to your point, I mean, I think a lot of toxic work cultures come from what you were saying is people being miserable and, in, and inflicting it on other people. I mean, and at some point you try to tell yourself, okay, what is going on in this person's life? Like, why are they behaving this way? And is there something I can do to try to understand, maybe, you know, help them? But at the same time, you know, they make a lot of people miserable and drive people out of, you know, uh, a lot of companies because of it. And um, I don't know how much experience you have in corporate America, corporate America but it's, it's rampant, unfortunately.
0: I told uh, Josh, um, I actually, when I left my job was when I realized I wasn't wanted anymore. And that was like, I was a hard worker. I mean, I was, I worked at a hotel in the cleaning section. So I was the Mm -hmm. only white guy on staff. A lot of people that I worked with, were Hispanic or black people. And one of the most uh, best advice I've ever gotten was from a guy named Darrell. And he called me his black dad. And he was like, I give you advice because you're like my son, you're my son's age. He goes, and you, you, you need it. You know, I could see it in your eyes because I'd be sitting there sometimes like I'm fucking when I was coming out of high school, I thought I was going to have this job. I was going to get this awesome car and all these things. And I'm working housekeeping, cleaning up somebody else's sheets. And he just looked at me. He goes, this isn't for you, man. You're miserable. 24 seven. You're miserable. He goes, you have you have bigger options. Go to school. Find a girl. Do something. He goes, this isn't for you. I'm 56. I'm like, you're 56. He goes, yeah, black don't crack. I'm like, fair point. But he gave me so much advice that helped me and. I remember I was there for three years and I told him, I was like, I feel like they're pushing me out. He goes, if that's the case and you don't like being here, you sit in your car an extra 20 minutes in the parking lot and you're miserable to get out. He goes, is that a way to live? And I'm like, fair point. And I remember going to where hospitality, um, they brought me in and they were like, this is a warning warning if you get another one, you're done. And I'm like, okay, so just sign the paper. And I was reading through it. And they kind of were like, really standoffy. They even made me pull my phone out to make sure I wasn't recording. And um, they were like, "Sign, sign the waiver. And I was like, okay. So I ended up saying, all right, one more. And then I'm out. Signed it. As soon as I signed it, finished it, they pull out another one. And I'm like, yo, that's how you know someone doesn't want you there i was like what did i do and it was new management that was there she didn't like that like every time she said something i would be like well we can do this and it would be way faster like we've been doing but you're trying to do this because it it, it's it's more work it takes more time it doesn't make sense why you're doing that she goes well we're going to change the hours too and i'm like so our whole schedule is going to go from instead of working seven to four, it's going to be nine to seven. And I was like, you understand there's people here with kids, like new, like young infants that are single mothers or single fathers, and you're going to mess up their whole day. And then she was like, I'll see you in my office. I'm like, So, okay. I mean, sorry, I I was just trying to find a way where, you know, we can work with everyone here. What best fits the time schedule. I don't want to see a parent. I'd rather work more hours than see a parent, you know, miss out on spending time with their kid because they have to work late. And and especially in housekeeping, that's such a stressful job too.
1: Right. But you learn that um, if someone hasn't had the experience, they have a really hard time putting themselves in those shoes. So if this person was never a mother or isn't a mother, those are, that's not how she's thinking. She's not considering how people that have kids or what their needs might be. So, you know, I mean, good on you that that's how you were thinking since you were definitely not a father at the time. But, you know, we, we are raised in a capitalistic society where it's become very me, very all about, you know, what's best for me and then everybody else.
0: So shouldn't it be, we we're living in a world where, I guess the price of life should be at least something you want to do. I mean, how many places, like for instance, I'll give you an example is around in my area, it's two grand for a one bedroom, one bathroom house. I make $600 every two weeks. So I'm like, how am I going to be able to afford that groceries and then pay upon appliances on top of that? Like, it just makes me question of like, maybe I need to move, but why, if I want to do something, if I want to chase a passion, maybe you want to be a writer. Why does that, Not enough to get me to be able to survive. Why does it always have to be? You need to work this. You need to work a nine to five. I'm like, we saw with the pandemic, it ain't like that anymore. I'm seeing a dude make a vlog and get a million views and like a million dollars. He's driving around in a freaking Mercedes, and I'm like, what? What is that? And dude writes a book telling you all about motivation and all these. You got to get it. Got to get it for some sure, but a lot of people, especially people looking for the help, man, they got kids. They can't bank it on like, you got to take that leap. And it's like, oh, I got kids, you know, you shouldn't have to pay this heavy price, I guess, to live in the world today. But it's funny.
1: It's funny because since I've been with my husband, he's been saying they're trying to get rid of the middle class. They're getting rid of the middle class. And I was like, oh, you're you're just so paranoid. And, you know, as I get older, you do see the middle class like it's smaller and smaller. And you've seen the discrepancy in the um <clears throat> the increase for CEOs over the last 20 years or 30 years versus what has happened to mi- uh, minimum wage. I mean, it's off the charts for CEOs they're making hundreds of times more than the average worker. and minimum wage, if it were where it should be, everyone at minimum wage should be making over twenty dollars. Now granted, I agree that there are some parts of this country that maybe, would be making less at minimum wage in New York city or in San Francisco, definitely on the higher end of it, but no way $15 is enough.
0: Yeah. It's uh, it's pretty <clears> crazy because <throat> the idea to get a CEO is you look at the resume and you look at all the colleges they go to. And I'm like, I consider it. I bet a minority in every job and basically every position, even in schooling, I was like, I got paid to go to college just because I was a minority there. And I was just like, it comes from the ground up it comes from working in low class housekeeping whatever and then working your way up to the higher thing so i can better understand the people that are in the positions that i'm doing the hours for that i'm scheduling for you know it's it, it doesn't necessarily me have to be a mother but an aspect of like that person that was the new management never was always in management positions, never from the ground up. And I'm like, you got to come from that. When you know what the base thing, like why would you hire someone who's got Harvard PhDs, whatever, or would you hire the person that has a passion for the job, will spend countless hours off off clock, whatever, studying about it because they're interested in it and they've worked in it for longer. That to but, me is the but, prime candidate.
1: Right, but also in government, in leadership in this country, wouldn't we rather those people be leading this country as well, people who have been in the weeds and who have pulled themselves up, as opposed to people who just come from money and have no idea, who cannot relate to the average person, the average worker, what it is? You know, when you hear these people in Congress and in the Senate saying $15 is, too, is it's insane for minimum wage, can they live on what minimum wage is? I guarantee they cannot.
0: What do you drive when you're leaving that meeting saying $15 is not is is too much? That's exactly. that's that's the big question and I think that comes from let's say like I talked to um her, she's a rice researcher. She researches rice, um the like production of it, you know, the quality of it, all these things. And she's out in California, her name's Whitney. And she was telling me she was like who asks the farmers what's going on? And he goes, "We ask them. You know, we get a good information from them but what about in our office who's asking the people that are managing bills and all these laws that they're passing for certain companies and certain you know food cultivation whatever nobody's asking the people that are doing the work no. right? it's it's just no. one, one person i'm like you have a group of people in the office that all say yes where's the fucking people that say no where's the people and i'm not talking about minimum wage i'm talking about just Having a different opinion, having a different perspective, having that thing that's going to make you question yourself. If you're surrounding yourself with yes men, people that agree with you and only you, that's an issue because then you're not having the other thinking. You don't have not a debate, but a thought of, I never saw it that way. I see your side. There's none of that. And I'm like, how the fuck do you expect us? We're just on a really crappy foundation. I think we need to go back to the base roots of stuff, to be honest with you.
1: Well, I mean, then you have people like Katie Porter in California who gets in, you know, who gets in there and stands up for the working class. And even the Democrats try to shut her down because in the end, both parties are ruled by money. Let's be honest. I mean, I definitely agree with one on social issues more than the other, but at the end of the day, it's. You know who who is paying for them? Who's financing them?
0: It makes me it's think, un-
1: it's unfortunate. It it's makes really me, unfortunate.
0: This money, man. I, I, Someone posted a meme today about it. They're like, we live on a giant floating rock through space that has bills on it. It's like, well, this planet wasn't designed for you to have bills. That was it. wasn't It wasn't it wasn't, didn't start out that way. You know, that was made by us. And I look at it like, yeah, but we can't just live in a hippy dippy world as well either. But the fact is that when money is really involved into the argument, people become corrupted. You know, it's really, really like every decision that gets made, there's money behind it. What's going into your pocket. You know, Robin Williams had an old joke of imagine if politicians had like on NASCAR, they had the sponsors on their jacket. So it's a big, Oh, cigarette company. Okay. Makes sense. You know, it, It boils down because if somebody sees you're giving these people a raise and minimum wage, whatever, they look at it like, well, what money's coming out of my pocket? Are we going to lose money on that deal? When somebody's pitching an environmental procedure they can do, this could save the, you know, this is going to cost the company maybe a million dollars, but we're going to save so much more when it comes to the environment. Well, don't we already have a green initiative? Yeah, but we could be doing more. Why would I pay more of my money?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, the unfortunate thing is too, Um, they have just, they have for years ruled by having the masses fighting amongst each other. You know, just look at any social media platform. It's the D's versus the R's. And this, you know, like my candidate's better than yours. While they're all living in multi-million dollar homes and making insane amounts of money, and we're all down here fighting over these little bits of scraps that they they, you know they lead us in one direction and they tell it lead us in another direction i mean it's i don't know it's
0: it's not good i'm trying to think because like i'm not a parent um probably not going to be for a while but i'm looking at it like 10 years from now, even five years ago, five years before that, 10, 15, 20, as far as you go back, it just keeps changing so drastically and rapidly where it's like now the price of living is so damn high. It's like, I know people will adapt, future generations will adapt, but even sit with my little nephew, I was like, fuck, like, what is the world going to be like for you 10 years from now, 15 years from now when you join? I'm not optimistic about it unless there's a change in things.
1: Well, it's funny because- I grew up in the 80s. I went to college in the early 90s and I worked a minimum wage job when I was in high school. I made like 3.25 an hour, okay? But when I went to college, my mom paid a third, my dad paid a third, and I paid a third. And I was able to do that because college was a third of the cost back then that it is now. I went to Ohio University. It was a state school. I think it was like $7,000 a year. That school now is 21,000. OK. And minimum wage from three twenty five is is what is it? Ten dollars maybe. It didn't go up, th- you know, three times what I was making. So it's 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 ridiculous because the people who are mainly complaining that we can't go raise the minimum wage are the people who benefited back in the day when their kids could work and help pay for college. And now kids work and they can barely pay for their books.
0: I know, I think much like a lot of people that I've talked to and probably that you've probably talked to too. I think the biggest fear in our minds is what's the future going to hold when it comes to paying my bills, if I leave my job or if I do this. And I'm like, man, just that thought going into your head is the scariest thing to me is like, why? Like, I mean, I'll have nights where I drive around and I'm just like, what's, what's the answer? Where am I going to go? Where's the road? Where's that thing I'm supposed to dive towards, which I feel like a lot of people, hopefully you find it. But a lot of people usually don't because they just stay complacent into something. And I'm like, man, that question in your head is such a ruiner. It just, yeah, you never want to struggle. I never want, I remember nights you, I would pull up in the oven door, turn it on, and then that would heat the house and everything like that. Some people don't know what that's like. But it's, it's a sense of like, you don't want to struggle like that. You want to find what you should, what you want to do, but it also shouldn't be so costly to where you can't pursue what you want to do because you have to pay for a home. You have to pay for food. You should be able to pursue what you want to do and make enough money to where you can, you don't ever lose that dream, that ambition for something, because that just kills you and makes you a mindless worker.
1: Well, let's be honest, the ultimate hold that this uh, corporate America has, or what the the whole system has on on us in the U.S. is you need health insurance, and how are you going to get health insurance? You have to have a job. I know when I moved to New York City when I was 22 years old, I was the I had to have a job. I didn't have time to think about anything. I needed health insurance because back then you couldn't be on your parents' health insurance until you're 26 or whatever it is now. So you know, I took the first job I could get, and it was like as a receptionist at the corporate offices of Barnes and Noble, and you know, I wasn't happy, but it was a job and I had health insurance. So,
0: you know. What is a dream that you might have had that you probably put on hold if you had one?
1: Um, You know, I went to school for broadcast journalism. I have always enjoyed talking to people. I'm one of those people, one of my oldest friends in New York City I met on the subway. I just, I talk to everybody. I get everyone's stories. I Prefer to be the person asking questions than to be the person being asked questions. Um, But I'm, as I said, I'm from Ohio and I visited New York City when I was in college and I immediately fell in love with the city. And when I graduated, I knew that I either had to go work in a small town. One of my um, fellow students uh, at Ohio University, who I studied journalism with, went to a small town in West Virginia and I knew there was no way. I would ever be happy doing something like that. So I moved to New York City and I, it was all about just living where I, where I wanted to be and not necessarily pursuing the dream of being in broadcast anymore. And so, you know, and I have no regrets. I really don't. I, I've loved every minute that I have been here. I met my husband here. I have an amazing, beautiful daughter. Um, And, you know, I've really, I've had some great career opportunities it's you know unfortunately the last few years have been difficult um and I'm trying to figure out what's next for me and that's not always easy when you're a woman who is in the middle of her life I can't go buy a sports car like men you know often do when they have their midlife moments um but you know I have a very supportive team here and um, I enjoy doing the podcast with Josh and it allows me the opportunity to to have that broadcast career that I, you know, always wanted. So did I answer your question? I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, you did. But um, what you said about, you know, you had your friends, your family that is with you. It makes me think of like, I always I ask this questions like what would you consider priceless and what would you consider worthless and a lot of people would always toss out an object like a car or toss out something like that I'm like man my, I'm so happy that my perspective has changed from when I was 16 about it when I if you would have asked me what is like what's a priceless object I'm like a 1969 Chevy Impala and I'm like fucking I don't, wouldn't even know how to drive that properly I would grind the gears and it all um, but now I look at it I'm like man the moments because even just yesterday I mean playing with my nephew. You know, he's like, where's the yellow crown? I'm like, you ate the yellow crown. Like, <laughs> like, you know, it goes, it's, it, it, it. you really realize that like the people around you, the people, you know, the support that we look for. And sadly, it gets looked through for social media a little bit more now a days, which I consider that's false positivity. That's false community. Most of the time, a lot of times you post up something, you get a like, you get two likes. Next day, you get three likes. Then the next day, it builds up to, what, seven likes? And then you post again, and then it's two likes. And then you delete that post because you're like, do people still care about me? And I'm like, where's your, where's the people you communicate, the ones that will call, you can call on the phone if you just lost a job? Those mm. guys. Where are those well, people?
1: I'll tell you, as you get older, the, those people become far and few between. I mean, it's sad. And my stepmother always told me, you're lucky if you have three good friends in your life. And I can honestly say I I 100% stand by that statement. (laughs) It is, you know, there you you change, and you know, I moved away. And so, a lot of the people I grew up with, we have different opinions on uh, politics and life, and you know, it it gets blurry. And, um, but the thing about material materialism is, I think it's really freeing when you realize that stuff isn't important. And I think a lot of people during the pandemic have, have come to the realization because, I mean, as I said, you know, you lose, a lot of people have lost their sense of fashion and realize, like, is it really important that I have a $500 uh, sweater or a $15,000 handbag? In the end, when you're locked in your house. Two bucks
0: from a thrift store. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But really, throughout this pandemic, I've been the richest woman because I was locked in a house with two people who I love and adore. And I was so grateful that I, you know, I made the choices that I made and that they are the people in my life. You know, yeah, maybe I, I can't afford much, you know, right now because I don't have a job, but none of that really matters as long as those two people are healthy. So, I mean, and I actually I am a little nervous about going back to any sort of normalcy because I don't want to see my daughter less. I love all the time that I've had with her. It's been incredible.
0: Do you think? Because a lot of people talk about like this is the new normal. I look at it like, would it go? It, it seems like the system is designed to kind of put you back. And I think that's what you're talking about. Like, if you go back to work, you're not going to have those countless hours. You're not going to have that time spent because you'll be working. You'll be doing this, and it's like do you want to lose that? Like I, at me, like we didn't really shut down. I think we shut down for probably a month and then our town, we're a beach town, tourist town. So it's kind of like close to Florida. It was like, pfft, open back up. Um, but like even working, even doing that, like my grandma had passed away, uh, re- fairly recently, but my mom has not been home in like seven months. She was taking care of my grandma that whole time at her slow decline. And I'm like, I'm glad you fucking did that because now Mm -hmm. you don't regret not doing that because you spent all that time. I mean, I was hearing stories of like, you know, my grandma had an oxygen tank. My mom would help her walk her to the bathroom and she would like look up in the mirror and then act like she's wrapping the hose. It sounds horrible, but she would act like she's wrapping the hose around her neck and they would both just start dying laughing. And I'm like, I've never even heard you laugh like that. And it's just like, I'm so glad that like that, They were able to have that, and that stuff—memories you're hearing from a lot of people—that talk about like, "What'd you enjoy about the pandemic?" People are like, "I spent time with my family. I chased down something I never even thought I had the time to do because I was always working all the time." And it's like, there you go. There's a light to it all. It's sometimes really hard to find, but you find it. I'm so happy. Mm -hmm. I remember in the moment when I lost that hotel, or when I quit that hotel job, I was like i like, I'm worthless. I'm trash. And then for that whole month waiting for a job, and then I finally get a job. And then a month into that one, COVID hits and everything shuts down. I was like, fuck, what is, what's the answer? And it was like, oh my God, I don't even remember that pain now. I'm at this point now where I'm like, I, I, I don't even look back. And for a lot of people, especially losing a job or quitting a job, that feeling of like, I'm nothing, or what am I going to do next? That fear of that step. I'm like, man, you're not going to remember that a week from now, two weeks from now, three weeks from now, however long it takes, that pain that you're experiencing that is so much right now is not going to stay with you for the rest of your life.
1: No. And you know, um, we just interviewed a woman who has like two master's degrees and she's been laid off more than once. I mean, it happens to everybody, and it doesn't matter how educated you are or how good you are at your job, you know, and, and you really, you cannot let it, um, impact you yourself too much, um, mentally and physically. I've certainly gone down some dark paths and, um, pulled myself back out and, you know, you just have to keep going. You do. And the one thing I can say, you know, I truly listen to the stories about people on their deathbeds that are asked if you could go, like, what would you change? And, you know, there's the story of the guy in advertising. He would have been with, he would have spent more time with his family. He would, you know, I listen to those. I, I heed those, the advice, you know, I, I refuse to change who I am as a person to fit, you know, into an environment that is not, you know, healthy. And, you know, I, I've heard in a number of places I've worked, well that's what we did when we were coming up the ladder, so that's what they should do. I don't believe in that. You know, if it was bad when you did it, change it. You know, don't don't just make other people suffer because you did. I tried to be a different kind of boss than the bosses that I had because you know, I I I wasn't always happy and I always wanted to, you know, I wanted people to not dread coming to work. I wanted them to like look forward to it as much as they possibly could. And quite honestly, um, I think most of the people who I, you know, was the boss, you know, the, who when I led different teams would say that I was a pretty good boss. And and for me, that's that's enough. That's a lot.
0: I think my big thing in any job I've ever worked in was I really appreciate when someone treats me at the same level as them, even if they are my higher up, like my manager now, same age as me, just higher up in position, but talks to me just like I'm a friend or I'm a person, you know, there is a, make sure there's a comfortability line that shouldn't be stepped over. Like you can't say no, we can't do that. But just like, Hey, can you do this for me is way better than do this. It's like, As soon as that, I don't know if it's my problem with authority. I've talked to 735 people. If somebody hits me with a talking down to me, like they have their degrees mean so much more. I'm like, you have degrees in that field. Yes, but I can take you out of that field in another thing. And then, you know, just as much as me, I just love this. We're all here on this earth, sharing it together. Conversation. It's not an interview. It's a back and forth. It's an equal level thing. If I wanted to ask specific questions, I'd have a list in front of me, but I'm going off the top of my head because we're people and people are meant to have conversations. We're meant to learn from each other, just like hearing stories about people on their deathbed. You're pulling out information. I remember I did volunteered at a service home or a retirement home. It was service learning for school. So I'm not the good hearted person you're thinking by me just taking my free time out and do that. It was mandatory but i would hear so many stories from holocaust survivors to people that were literally at the end of their rope with cancer or something and it was like oh my god i don't like to read books but you're a book you're telling me stories and i enjoy these stories i'm learning from these stories it's conversation it's a point of information sharing which is what this whole world is kind of meant to be we're all supposed to share information and constantly learn from each other, from past mistakes, you know, learn to best predict the future of what it's going to be.
1: Well, and I think to what you're saying it's, it's about respect. I respect, I walk in a door, I respect every single person in the building from the people who clean the floors to the people who are running it at the top. I don't treat anyone any differently. I, and that's the problem. Not everyone views people that way, you know? And so until that we reach a level of respect where you don't judge someone based on their socioeconomic situation, you know, it's not going to change. And unfortunately that's the, this country, it's all about, what do you do? You know, AKA how much money do you make?
0: Everyone everyone would give that answer. Not enough. I'm like, yeah, well, what's enough. I feel like even with money, this it's very corrupting, but I think it's just the color too. It's green. Green means go. Green means accept. Green means this. Green means that. It means we're, envy. Yeah, but we're at least in the, the states is one of the we a lot of people here don't save their money. And it's because I think it's green and a lot of other countries like Canada or like other places, they have different colored money and they kind of tend to hold on to it a little bit more, at least not be so frugal with it, like, a, or not frugal. Um, So I guess tossing it out the window, I'd say when it comes to uh, the States and that's just, everything's got to be spend, spend, spend. And I'm like, that's the color of the money has to play an effect there. I mean, everything's telling you to go means green and our money is green. And I'm like. Ah, But at the ah, the same
1: time, it's so people see money less and less. It's all just so transactional in like from your credit card. It's direct deposit. It's a digit. Yeah. Like, I mean, people really don't even handle money anymore. But I have to say my mom was extremely frugal and it rubbed off on me. And that is how when I lose my job, we're able to survive because my husband, neither of us are materialistic. I don't need the, the nicest television. I don't need the, the newest uh, cell phone and I don't need a $1,500 handbag. You know, it's, it, that's just not how I am. So
0: I, I, I was think- the same way for my grandma. You know, she taught me save all my money. I've saved every penny I've ever made. I mean, $2 shirts, whatever this mic and stuff. When I got, this was a Christmas present. I was like, thanks. And they're like, you're not stoked. And I'm like, I was fine with my other setup too. It was a $10 microphone. I was like, it's, yeah, you can have the nicest things. You can have all this type of stuff, but are you happy? Are you, are you doing that? You
1: know that they say the reason people who make a ton of money aren't ever happy is because they always want more. And it's that need, all the constant need for more, more, more. Like when is it enough? You know, when
0: I have four Bugattis. Yeah.
1: I I mean, I don't know. I it's it's sad. It really is. I mean, I don't know how people like Elon Musk can have all that money and know about all the people in this country who are starving and out of jobs and the potential for all these small businesses to go under because of the pandemic. Like I don't know I would never be able to live knowing that I had just all this money sitting there and you know, I'm just I need another house. I need another, like you said, four cars. I mean, really?
0: Johnny Depp, man, 30, what is it? 38 houses he owns and he only uses one of them. And it's just like, cause he can. And I'm like, I get it. If you got the money, go ahead and do it. But at the same time, like, you're not, you don't have to care about everyone in the world to make sure everyone has money. But at the same time there's things you could be doing to help out the world a little bit when it comes to maybe fixing some things that have some serious issues if i had a billion dollars i might blow a hundred grand of it on dumb stuff like a nice house or a small home i like a small like little log cabin somewhere where Mm -hmm. just one bedroom and then one bed. i'm that's dream to me um but i would fund it give it to a charity that probably never gets donations for Colorblind people of red that can't see the color red. It's a random ass charity, but I bet you nobody donates to them. And it's like just doing something small, little things, starting a company or making a better way to make this earth more sustainable when it comes to energy usage. You know, there was a wind turbine that was just created. It looks god awful. It literally looks like a vibrating, like, I don't want to say tampon, but that's what it looks like. But it it goes back and forth, and you're looking at it, you're like, that's really weird. But The reason behind it is it's no turbines, propellers, so it's not going to kill as many birds. And I'm like fucking small shit like that. Very small things where you wouldn't even think about someone's thought of. And I'm like, that's ways you can fund to make the world a better place. Simple stuff like that, not having to give everybody a billion dollars. Well,
1: how about that people don't have to rely on GoFundMe to pay their medical bills or did you see Kylie Jenner posted her makeup artist got into a car accident and needed a $60,000 to pay for emergency surgery or something. And she gave him 5,000 and then gave, like put his GoFundMe up for people to donate. Now for Kylie Jenner to pay $60,000 is like if I had given <laughs> that person 60 cents, literally. Uh. I mean- I, I, it's, it's so gross. It that it even would need to be said. I mean, really? $60,000. That is not even, you don't even, she, she buys her toddler handbags that cost 15000 or something insane. I, it's, it's just, it, it's mind boggling to me. It's mind
0: boggling. But I guess
1: that's why I will never have that kind of money
0: because. <laughs> I think it's also a process of the brain i mean imagine she looks at that like that's someone that still helped her out and gave her plastic surgery whatever but it's not <laughs> going to, towards her anymore it's now going towards another person that she's not going to benefit anything from that besides maybe helping somebody's life and karmically be good our idea of worth karma worth or whatever inside of us inner self peace whatever it makes you happy that ever that thing is is not as high up as the dollar and i'm like Damn, like that's where I understand looking inside yourself to try and find the answer of things because you need to find out, like even for me, like I'll donate something to charity, but I hate it when they ring the bell. Why are you ringing the bell? Well, we got to let people know you donated it's what, two cents off my dollar thing that you put in there? And you're going to ring the bell so everybody thinks here I'm a big spender and they all clap for me for appraisal? Some people will do that just so people see that they donated. I'm like, that is that's so corrupting in my eyes.
1: Yeah, but you have to also think the reason they are doing it is because they know it will play into other people's egos and they'll be like, oh, so I will donate and then they'll ring the bell for me. So it goes both ways. They're going to make money off of people's egos. So that's why they do it.
0: So I don't like being appraised for doing a good act in my mind. No,
1: And I, well, that's why a lot of times they say you can be anonymous, you know, like if you donate, you can be anonymous or you can put your name. So um, I mean, I always feel like if I won the lottery or came into a bunch of money, I would just want to like find people who need money for like their child surgery or and just like be able to give it to them. You know, I nothing makes me happier and I am not here to pretend that I am some saint because I am not, but nothing makes me happier than to see other people happy. Like I'm one of those schmoes that like I cry at every video where people are reunited. (laughs) Like I am like a sucker for all those. So I, if I had the kind of money that those people do, I would want to like be able to make people
0: happy or help them in some way. I kind of want to pick your brain on the journalism aspect of things. If I was going to give you maybe two events or two cases, one where it was like, you get to talk about like the world's largest goat or something you get to re- talk to or record to, or was does the rather- goat
1: eat tacos? <laughs>
0: That's a good gift, man. I got I'll I'll put that in the link of this description. Let me tell you something. I saw that I was like the longer you stare, the funnier it gets. Um, but or if I gave you the option of being able to talk to someone who's looking for justice for something else, which one would be more enticing for you?
1: Uh, the largest goat or someone looking for justice? Yeah. Those are my two the, well, someone looking for justice.
0: Cuz it you're you're helping somebody you're benefiting somebody rather than just getting a number one story that might actually get more attention because it is a goat and people love cute animals <laughs> but even with journalism i've talked to a few of them and they've talked about like everybody's a journalist now it's a blogger's a freaking journalist and it's like oh my god that does such your job a disservice of trying to find the right information when somebody googled i googled on it popped up on webmd i ate two boxes of raisin bran in one sitting and it told me i had stomach cancer and i <laughs> webmd wait you was, ate-
1: two big boxes of cereal in one sitting.
0: Yeah, that was a a few years ago. But actually, it's funny. How is that
1: I've, even possible?
0: I have an intestinal thing going on now that actually WebMD might be correct. Um, But <laughs> I saw that and I was like, anybody that could just you could type in like, even if you want to talk to people about not being evil, when people want to know how to not be evil, they Google how not to be evil. And it's like, you're reading articles and blogs of people that might just have the same information you, or it's like Wikipedia where they say that's an unreliable source. Sometimes same thing with any article that someone takes it and runs with it. Journalism is just changed to where like everybody could type something and be called a journalist. It's like being a stand-up comedian during the pandemic, fucking 80,000 people became a stand-up comedian just in my state. And it's like, where are you performing? I don't know, but it's happening. And, it brings to the question of the actual act. And I wanted to get your thought on it as like a journalist, for instance, I went to school for it was like, does that affect you? Does that kind of like hurt you a little bit? The fact that it's kind of been diminished in the career, at least when it becomes to everybody joining it or everybody becoming one?
1: Um, it, it it hurts me as a human, quite honestly. Um, what we saw over the last four years and people's um, inability to recognize truth when presented with it because it didn't fit their narrative. I, as a human, it's disturbing to me on so many levels. Um, And, you know, obviously as a journalist um, and having been taught the proper way to tell a story. Yes. It's, it's, it's sad, but the problem is from both sides, there's truth. there's truth. And, um for many years the news that we've been receiving has become more and more corporate owned. And it certainly um, has slanted in people's favor and not always, you know, the most factual or the most most truthful. Um, and so in some ways, bloggers, while they don't always tell the truth, they are not beholden to any company or corporation. So they also probably often tell the truth more than your CNNs or your MSNBCs even. Um, so I just, again, I think money has blurred the line as it often does. Um, and so while bloggers don't always print the truth, I, I, I think there's some good there because as I said, they don't know anybody and, you know, they can, they also present facts that you wouldn't get in your mainstream media. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is quite honestly.
0: Oh, that was a, it was a perspective thing. I was just trying to see how yeah. go with it. Um, I, I just, I look at it like, man, It's so hard to find the correct information or what is like, I, I think now just from talking to so many people and getting different thoughts, I was like, nothing's true. Like nothing in the world is a hundred percent fact. Everything gets exposed 10 years later as being false information. Here's the new information. I'm like, is water H2O? That's what we know it as. But if an alien comes down here, what is that? Something completely different to them. It's just what we're trying to claim a statement on something because we want answers, we want stuff that we can go by, we want stuff that's fact, we want stuff that's law. And I'm like, man, a lot of this stuff is like, it keeps changing and everything's drastically changing all the time, it's, we're growing up in a completely different world than people grew up 100 years ago, 10, 15, whatever, it, it's changing. And I'm like, instead of trying to always be right, can we just understand the other point of view And that comes with anything, you know. I wasn't pro-Trump and I wasn't pro-Biden. But as much as I'll crap on Trump, or as much as I'll crap on Biden, they have goods and they have bads as well. Too. The reason I didn't vote was I didn't want to pick the lesser of two evils in this situation. But everyone that was pro-Biden is now turned on them like a fucking snake that bites your own hand. And I'm like, you understand, like we're all so trying to find conflict when necessarily it's there, but you kind of cause it in the first place too. And it's like, same thing with um, Google, for instance, when Australia banned Google, they figured out Google had paid partnerships and was hiding a lot of content from a lot of people that will Google things. So you mean Facebook? No, no, no. They banned Google first, then it's Facebook. So Google started with this because people started um, it started like, Someone had died from the vaccine, which is known to happen, which is known to happen. But um, you couldn't find it on Google. There was no results for it. And it was like, wasn't on the top result. You type in the exact doctor's name. He was in Florida. Didn't pop up but you duck, duck, go to, and it popped up. And it's because Google has paid partnerships with certain companies that don't want that article getting out there. Uh So then it like leaked into Facebook too. Facebook was hiding things such as Twitter did during the Biden um, laptop scenario. When that came out, Twitter Mm -hmm. would not let you see recent hashtags that dealt with that. Neither would Instagram. And that's because the person that owns that company was pro in that Particular presidential candidate, and I'm like, I get it, because it is your technically private owned company, Mm -hmm. but the eyes of the public have been brainwashed into thinking this is like news, this is like the main information hub. Same thing with Fox News. Whenever they get in trouble, they in a lawsuit, they go, "We're entertainment." Yes, I'm like, Mm -hmm.
1: no. Well, here's the thing: I voted for Biden um, because. For me, um, I, I I social issues are the reason that I vote the way I vote. Yeah. I, you know, we're still voting for uh the woman's uh protection against violence. Yeah. I mean, really? This is still this we still have to talk about this. Um, so I voted for him, but I will still hold his feet to the fire when he doesn't do what he says he's gonna do, or you know what I'm saying? I don't think. And I think that on the other side, people just got in line and he did no wrong. And, and you can't have that. You cannot have, you know, that, oh, I voted for this person and he's perfect. Whatever he says is, no, you have to hold people accountable. And that is a problem when you don't. And I see it on, on the, the uh, Democratic side as well, like with, with Cuomo. If he did what these women are saying he did, then he should go down. I'm sorry, you cannot point fingers at one party and not hold your own party accountable. So, you know, during the pandemic at the peak of it in New York City, yes, I thought that guy really pulled it together and did a good job, but that does not excuse him, you know, from from being a, a sexual harasser, if that is in fact the case.
0: So- because I I try and bring in this perspective of like everyone's so I hate Trump and I hate this. And I'm like, I'm not pro Trump, but I don't want to see anybody like if they're banned off social media, imagine a million billions of people talking shit on you. And then you have now no way to defend yourself. Your money might help you. That's always everybody's argument. He's got a billion
1: Well, he's going oh, to start his own social media platform.
0: Okay. Well, if that doesn't happen, and if it, it just, he just banned off all these sites, I'm like, I don't ever want to see somebody kill themselves out of just being sad or depressed, or even if, if somebody's bad as Trump, whatever. I'm like, just understanding that perspective of like, we, yeah, but we also idolize people president, whoever that we're appointing to not having any flaws. And I'm like, they're fucking people. It's the same thing. It's like, you got to understand that they're going to have some shit. I like people that are honest about their shit. I don't care if you like to do whatever with your socks off, be honest about it. Don't hide it from me because then people find out about it. And that's what makes them even more pissed off because they feel like they've been lied to.
1: But the the worst are the people that pretend to be a certain way, like Bill Cosby. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he would shame young black men for not being good fathers and all these things. Meanwhile, what he was doing was completely awful. But, you know, there are a lot of people that pretend to be really good religious folk. And then this truth comes out. And, you know, that's my thing. Like, don't pretend to be something. And certainly when they pretend to be you know, something, and they vote against, say, gay rights. And meanwhile, they get caught doing things <laughs> in line with what they vote against. Like I just, the hypocrisy anymore is it's through the roof.
0: And- this, this might be a dumb question, but do you know who Patrice O'Neill is?
1: Oh, yeah. The comedian?
0: Yeah, the comedian. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a thing. He said, if a comedian says something and it makes you laugh, it's meant to make you laugh. And if it says something that makes you angry, it's still, it's coming from the same place. He's trying to make you laugh. He's trying to make you feel something. He doesn't want you to, no person is open about being evil. It's the people that aren't open about it. That are the evil ones that the ones that have something about them. And that's why I have a theory about Mr. Rogers. Cause I'm like, Hey, fucking no,
1: don't, don't talk that about mr
0: come on think we about share, it we, we share a birthday
1: actually me and mr Rogers. i know and the other Good day people.
0: everybody was posting picture oh happy late birthday but everybody Thanks. was posting pictures about it and i was like you don't know you don't know there's evil behind those I, eyes I, I he only I cared don't. about his neighborhood
1: I don't want to know because we have to. There has to be someone. There really has to be someone because I believe
0: that makes people aspire to be that someone. You know, uh, recently on Twitter, I think not even recently, like a month ago or so, people were saying Helen Keller didn't exist. I,
1: I yeah. I, and
0: I was it's, like, it's, I get it because imagine you tell a bunch of kids there was this person that had all these things wrong with them and they still accomplished success. That's a great Hercules story. But there were pictures of her being taken and people were like, now she's taking pictures with Hitler. I'm like, that's Charlie fucking chaplain <laughs> what is happening this is where i get yeah. scared
1: yeah no well and as the deep fake stuff gets worse and worse i mean that's the stuff that i don't want my kid growing up dealing with
0: like that's just, it's it's, just some it's, scary shit it's so and i and there's an app i want you to download it it's you can delete it right afterwards but it's called wombo have you ever heard of this app
1: I don't think so. There's a
0: picture of me at a Christmas party from six years ago. It takes your face and it makes you sing a song and it moves your head. It moves. Oh, oh, people were doing that with dead people. I saw my God. I saw that. That is scary shit. That's where I was like, I don't like that. That's, that's a bad way with technology. If That's what we can do off a simple free app. What can they do in anything?
1: Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it, I don't know. These 3d printers, all this stuff. It's, it's, it's terrifying. It's really terrifying. I'll just keep watching Marvel movies and hope that <laughs> at some point we get, you know, a, a Thor or a, or a Wonder Woman. I like DC Wonder Woman. Did, okay.
0: Also. Did you like Wonder Woman 84?
1: No. No, I was really, really upset with it because I loved the first Wonder Woman. It was fantastic. I, like, cried watching it. It was so good. It was just so – she was so powerful, and she was compassionate, and you just – You don't get that a lot of times from superheroes because they're so masculine and God forbid a masculine character is ever emotional. Um, But the 1984, the, the, it was, it was now.
0: Every movie I love people hate. Do you like Green Lantern?
1: I never saw it because I've heard so many bad things. I never watched it. We started, we started watching the justice league, but we only got halfway through because it's a four hour hour movie. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just like Josh, Joss Whedon. Like I loved Buffy. Buffy was fantastic it you know and it was pro woman the strong woman and here behind the scenes the guy was a complete douchebag a total awful human being and it's like really again no one can just be good
0: yeah see it goes back to what we're saying about the like with the gender violence thing too it's like I saw something say not all men and then all this stuff and I'm like I don't I don't, I don't understand what's why are we why are we doing this why isn't everyone at this like it just happened recently on tv was that you saw two gay couple in a commercial and i was like it took this fucking long to get a and I, It's going to get me angry because I'm like, why the fuck is it taking like, why is everything 10 years behind or everything's like this? I'm like, we all like, I think everyone's equal. Like I treat everybody the exact same. I don't like it when a power force tries to act like they know better than me. And that is where I kind of come at fault with some feminists because they act like I'm stupid. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm trying to hear you out but at the same time like I've been harassed at work, sexually harassed, I've been abused, whatever. Well, and, but that's relate.
1: but that's the thing when when you have experienced it and you understand, but um for most men, they don't understand that like the minute I get up in the morning, I I dress a certain way because of, you know, I because I don't want to be looked at, you know what I'm saying? Like the, women go through it's like an entire process. You know, when we walk out on the street, like making sure we're paying attention, it's a whole thing that unless you experience it, you have no idea. And, and you know, there are allies and men that when they see things that are posted, you know, get in line and understand and support. And then there are also the men that immediately take offense and think you're talking to them. And it's like, no, just if you see it happening, help a girl out, you know? And I think it would go far. We did a show with Cindy Gallup, who is an amazing woman who was like a CEO in advertising and launched Make Love Not Porn, which is real sex. People actually like film themselves having sex and it's on this platform. And her whole thing is you, porn is showing the wrong kind of sex. And that is what kids grow up on. And they don't understand consent because it's never taught and it's never talked about. And it could go far, like change the conversation. But I think in this country, it's so like puritanical or, you know. And also
0: when you see porn can affect you too. Like for some kids, like I heard Jim Brewer talk about, he goes, when I saw porn when I was young, he goes, scared the hell out of me to have sex. I was like, yeah. That's kind of my experience. I went to a health class and she was supposed to, we signed a paper in the beginning saying we're going to see all these things like what a vagina is, what is this, what is that? She just showed on the last day a bunch of pictures of blue waffles and all these horrible things. And then she was like, guys, it's lower than you think. And that's the only good advice she's given me. But everything was so scarring where I'm like, how do you, you're not teaching it properly. You're not doing this. Where's the actual time spent on this. You have us playing on the computer on a fucking computer game site while you're over there calling your husband instead of teaching the class. I'm like, you're teaching education's failing. Kids have to go research it on their own. They come across an OnlyFans and they come across this type of thing. But I also see another perspective because I've talked to a brothel keeper, which is legal in Australia, and th- they joy it for the love of the craft. They love the passion. They love all this type of stuff. So I get that perspective too. But it's like, I also think it's, people's aspect of we need to have conversations. We need to talk to more people than the people that we like. And we know that we're going to enjoy. It needs
1: to start in your house. And parents are often too embarrassed and they don't want to talk about it. I mean, honestly, like given the sex abuse, like what we know statistically of what, how we're, who, who abuses children. I mean, it's people that, you know, I mean, since my child was young, I have talked to her about all of this. You know, I mean, because it's often people in leadership roles too, at schools and it's, it's terrifying. And you have to start these conversations at a very young age and raising a daughter is utterly terrifying to me because I know the world that we live in. And, you know, I hope as more women get leadership positions and um, are in, you know, the room where it happens, things can change and, you know, be better. Because believe me, throughout my career, I've had more than one man behave inappropriately with, inappropriately with me. You know, it, it's and unfortunately, I didn't get any big payoff. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's
0: I'm so happy I have like a, I like to think of myself as having like a nice energy about me. Mostly because like, I work with people that are like, why the hell did you just say that? And I'm like, exactly how I am on air, I'm off air. This is just me, 100%. I don't care who you are, if I'm a physically attracted to you or not. I'm, ex- I'm going to treat you exactly whatever pops in my mind. I'm going to say something like, hey, did you know ladybugs have spots on them? Because it is from an old, and I'll just go in, down to a rabbit hole where they're like, I asked you what you want. It's you're at a restaurant, order or get out. I'm like, all right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I I would much rather spend time with someone that tells me about ladybugs than someone that, you know, is just all business and doesn't, you know.
0: I mean, it comes down to a grand scheme of things, either when it comes with race, when it comes with gender, we're all fucking human beings. And the fact that like, I get it, um, I get why people are upset, like, well, then I'm getting affected. It's like, maybe you're not the causer, but you understand what they're trying to stop is not maybe you, it's something else. It's bigger, you know, it's why, why? the world's already fucking hard enough to live. Why are we going to make it more of a fucking struggle? It's just, it boggles my mind. Cause I mean, especially like, you know, growing up, at least you never even think about any of this stuff. And then now it's like all everything, everybody ever sees my, you know, my cousin is I think five or six years younger than I am. And he was, he's, he's so into it now, like so dived into the trending hashtags on Twitter. And I'm like, bro, I've seen those things, man. It goes justice league, something else politics. And then it just keeps, it's all so random. I'm like, you got to take a step back for a minute. You got to, or you're going to dive down a rabbit hole. And it's like conspiracy theories. We got to keep pulling you out and eventually into another one.
1: Well, and honestly, like Twitter, I can only take Twitter for so long. It is a cesspool on there. I mean, people just look into fight. Anything like they anything someone posts, there's gonna they're gonna come with a negative to just engage in a negative way. And
0: it's, I posted a picture of a heart, and someone commented, "What the fuck does that mean?" And I was like, "Yeah, I don't know, no, no."
1: People need better things to do with their day. I digress. Like, talk to amazing people like yourself, and yourself as well, Rab. Thank you so much for having me. It's
0: been awesome having you. Um, Where can people find your podcast? Josh plugged it. You want to plug it too?
1: Sure. Um, we're at jobsblow.com and on Instagram and Facebook, we're at jobsblowpodcast. And, and any, actually we're at jobsblowpodcast.com.
0: Any personal shout outs about yourself? Maybe your own personal stuff or just anybody you want to give a recommendation to to go check out?
1: Um, I mean, I'm at at Bri Haas on Instagram, but other than that. You could check out Josh. I'm sure he plugged himself enough.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on this episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode.